so grateful tonight that we have some very, very special friends of ours uh, in ministry, uh, Brother Rod and Sister Mary Aguilar. Uh, hold your applause for just a minute while I honor them. Uh, but when I think about, first of all, about them, we've known them now through Pastor Dick and Susie for probably two decades or more. Um, and they are some of the most real, genuine, Jesus-loving people. Uh, they both have crossed the 80s threshold. Mary just squeaked in this uh, last week or so. And, uh, and how many of you, uh, when you grow up, you want to be like people like that, all right? I always tell them, when I grow up, I want to be like, be like you. Uh, because you know what? Your passion for Jesus should intensify with age. How many of you know we don't want to fossilize? We want to, we want to burn for God. And uh, when I think of Rod and Mary, and I think of the, the ups and downs that have been part of their ministry and their journey, one thing has remained true throughout it all is their deep love for Jesus and their deep love for people, and their willingness to be vulnerable and to share their brokenness and their pain and also their victories with us. But Brother Rod really carries a life message, and I wanted him to, to download that into our hearts tonight. He has been uh, a man of prayer. He has been someone who has built his life around sitting at the feet of Jesus, He's also been somebody who has had a big burden for our nation and really has a desire to see a prayer movement birth in churches across America. And so how many of you want to receive that spirit tonight, not just information, but an impartation? Amen. And, uh, and I don't know what direction the Lord is going to lead, but I also appreciate in Rod and Mary, God's given them a great prophetic heart. How many of you know we've been in a prophetic flow and we're a prophetic people? And so you need, to, you need to cultivate a hearing ear because that's part of the river that you're in. That's part of the way God wants to use you. And, uh, and again, Brother Rod and Sister Mary have been used powerfully just pro prophesying over people's lives, calling forth destiny and calling in people's lives. And it's so valuable when somebody sees by the Holy Spirit something in you and calls it forth. It's, it's catalytic. It's powerful. And so do me a favor right now. Would you please hop to your feet and let's give the warmest... A Yankee welcome we can to a couple of Southerners. Rod and Mary. Love you. Love you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. We flew in the midway at... Uh, 4.30, so we're here. I bring you swamp greetings from south and east Louisiana, the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers. <laughs> and the land of the raging Cajuns. Uh, marvelous Mary and I are 14 carat Cajuns. Before I married her, her name was Bear. H is silent, accenté gu on the E, pronounced A, T silent, pronounced A bear. And if I cross her hard enough, I got an A bear on my hand. <laughs> and, uh, but we're still deeply in love after 64 years. <laughs> the engines just broke in. So I'm not trading her in for a new car. It's just broken. <laughs> Cajuns are not ignorant. They're just simple. 
We're simple people. We're not like you. We're not intelligent like you are. We're just simple people. And I have some Cajun friends back home. One's name is Treetop Thibodeau. Other's name is Bigfoot Fontenot. And uh, simple men. And Treetop bought Bigfoot a parrot for his birthday. And about two weeks later, he called and said, how was that parrot? How do you like that parrot? He said, it was delicious. He said, you mean you ate that parrot? I said, yeah, I thought that's why you sent it. He said, that was an exotic parrot. That parrot could talk. Well, he said he should have said something. <laughs> and so, uh, help me, Lord. Help me in that right early. It's a joy to be at Living Stone's been coming here since 2007, I think, Brother Dick. Bishop was here. Still miss him. I, I love his son, and I think his son is a, one of the greatest pastors in America. I really do believe that. How many know that God is the fountainhead of all honor? That's the heartbeat of his kingdom is to honor, to love honors people and respects all people. And uh, honor means to value someone, means to hold them in high esteem. And I just want to look at the pastors here and tell you from here, I love you and I honor you. In Jesus' name. Let's give them a warm thank you again for who they are. First Timothy 5, 3 says, honor widows who are really widows. Carol, I want you to stand. I want to honor a widow who's really a widow. I honor the heritage you brought to this church and what you've imparted here. And I love you and I respect you. book I've written, I, I, I wrote it since I've been here, Love Heals. I heard David talk about the healing of the broken heart when he was up here. Uh, Lynn, who we tragically lost, my daughter, she was 44, and what year was 11? 2011. 2008, December the 11th, okay. Her favorite was the butterfly. That was her favorite Part of creation, and I told um, McGuffin, the publisher, I wanted a broken heart, and I wanted butterflies coming out of it to depict her and to remember her life. And so these are beautiful butterflies coming out of a broken heart. And uh, though my daughter's dead, her life is still speaking because love heals. <laughs> After a tragic death, the Holy Spirit said to me, and through Micah 7, that he'd revenge me for everything that I've, I've suffered, Mary and I. Five or six years ago, we started Lynn's Houses. Her name was Lynn. Started with one, now I have three Lynn's homes. 
on 4.6 acres of land. It's all paid for because churches like y'all gave to it. I appreciate the giving to us in, in creating not just a memory, but a ministry that's touching lives. The value of one. He leaves the 99. He goes for the one. Lynn's house, before Sound of Freedom, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I believe it was him. said, these homes are going to be for human trafficking victims. And right after I heard that, Sound of Freedom came, affirmed it. Then they start coming. The last six months, we've had five human trafficking victims come into our homes. And we're excited about it. We're being avenged for everything that we've suffered. Every time a broken lady comes, then it's like Lynn coming home. It's not Lynn. I'm not super spiritual, but it's like Lynn. And they're my, they're my vengeance as I receive them. And we're seeing some of them transform, not all of them, but some of them are being transformed and they have ups and downs. And one we got in from Florida, the first one, Six months ago, had 18 diseases in her body from trauma. She'd been trafficked since she was five. She was 26. And uh, she's down to two. You just heard my heart. Brother Ron Moore coming. I got enough money now to maybe start another home if we need it, but we first got to fill the beds we got. We're going to fill this one, and then we're going to learn how to handle them a little better. <laughs> I got all kind of people working for me. I got a full-time, not a full-time, but I'm a paid staff healing and deliverance team working now for us because I was doing all that work, and I don't need to listen to all the garbage from ladies, but I was listening to it, and I was moving in deliverance in her healing. Holy Spirit sent me three ladies now who are doing it and taking that load off of me and Mary, and so I'm grateful for them tonight. But uh, this is a powerful book. If you, ever have, if you have a wounded heart tonight or a broken heart, uh, this book will minister to you. And then uh, Marvelous, uh, this is my first wife. Uh, this is 10 Pillars for an Amazing Marriage. It's a, it's a fantastic book because I wrote it. <laughs> but it uh, really, it, it, it's our marriage being expressed in this book. So it's a very personal book. And it's very humorous in places. The first chapter is communications. If you don't have communications in your marriage, you don't have a marriage. So what you have right now, if you're not communicating with each other, then what you have is, isn't working. Uh, I had a, heard about a lady friend of mine that went to a lawyer that she came to the lawyer and said, my husband wants a divorce. Said, on what grounds does he have? Said, well, he has about 24 acres. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's not what he, that's not what, does he have a grudge? Well, no, we, we don't have a garage. We have a carport. <laughs> Lady, you don't, you don't, that's not what I mean. But does he beat you up? No, I get up before him every morning. 
Lady, why does he want a divorce? He said, I don't know how to communicate. <laughs> Young man in the green, the, not the green, the gray shirt. I'm not colorblind. Gray shirt. I feel like your wife nodded, wanted you to have this book. <laughs> Mary, why don't, you greet, why don't you greet the Northerners? Praise God. Well, I greet you, you Northerners. And we love coming to this church because we feel at home. You know, you, we have the same spirit back in reserve as y'all do. And y'all have some of our people here, you know, that were once ours, Dick and Susie and, and a son-in-law. And, 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 and I don't know how many more, but praise God. But we love y'all. And, you know, it's good to come where there's excitement in the house. Brother Dick said when y'all were worshiping and y'all were chattering and meeting each other, he said, that's life. And, you know, life is wonderful when we have Jesus. And life is wonderful when you have a church family. You know, it's so important, and we stress that. I have been saved for 60 years, and I stress that so much because a church a family, a church family has kept me even before we were ever in the ministry. And Pastor Stephen, my son that now is Rod and I's pastor, said, if you don't have a church, you're a spiritual orphan. You need a church family. That's what helps you grow. That's what helps you stay connected. That's where you get, connect, get corrected. And that's where you come forth in Jesus' name. So it's so important. So I love this family here. It's a special family. And y'all need to really, really be glad that you're part of this family. But I just want to say to you tonight that, you know, the thief, John 10, 10, the thief cometh to rob, steal, and destroy. And we all know that scripture. But my scripture this year that the Lord gave me, and I've spoke it over several people back home is Joel 2.25. But I came to restore what, what the locust and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the and stole and the palmer worm and the canker worm and the, and the locust and the caterpillar. That's what it says. I came to restore to you. And I want to say to you tonight, if the thief has stolen from you, this is your year of breakthrough. Your kids are coming home. Your grandkids are coming home. Your relatives are coming home. Your co-workers are coming into the kingdom of God. I want to say to you, the word says that he who wins souls is wise. The only thing that you can take to heaven is the souls of men and women and boys and girls. You can't take your rings and your things and your coats and your boats and all the things that we love here on earth, but you can take the souls of men and women. So witness wherever you go. Share the gospel. Invite somebody to come to this house to serve Jesus, to get saved. So this is your year of breakthrough. This is your year of breakthrough for your family in Jesus' name. And I speak that over everyone under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. I love y'all. Amen and amen. Thank you for stealing my thunder. <laughs> David stole my lightning. She stole my thunder. So all I got left is a cloudburst. <laughs> so, no, that's, that's great. Let it go. Let, let it rip. Uh, another book. I, I wrote this book 11 years from my, uh, I have a, a, not a real doctorate, but I got it through online anyway. It's a doctorate. But my thesis was this. The prophet of the nation, uh, God, America under judgment. America's under judgment right now. I, I don't know if you realize how serious it is, but it's a serious hour we're living in. 
this last chapter of the book, and it's going to introduce the message I'm getting into it now, God's Last Call for Intercessors. That was written 11 years ago. Prophetic word. Now it's God's final call. 2024 is his final call. If we don't tip it this year, we'll lose our nation. I say, if we don't tip it this year, we'll lose America. And I, I know that, but I believe we will tip it. I said, I believe we will tip it this year. And I read a very small quote here. Throughout time and history, the Holy Spirit has always birthed a prayer movement to usher in the redemptive purposes of God. Often he has called for prayer and fasting to stay its judgments in regards to the evil of a nation. Our nation from the top, not in the bottom, from the top up, coming down is corrupt and evil. If you don't believe that, you need to wake up. And then I, I, another statement I'll read. The condition for staying his justified judgments is the core of godly people from living stones, <laughs> repenting and crying out for God's mercy and forgiveness as he forgives the apathy and selfishness of his people. He heals and restores their land. America is my land. It's my nation. And after I got saved, when the flag was raised or saluted at a football game, I'd weep. I didn't know why I was weeping. Holy Spirit was already moving on me way back in the beginning of my salvation, a burden for America. I have it, and I'm going to impart some of it tonight. Marvelous, if you'd come and get this book, please. Thank you. Uh, put up the first slide. Uh, Colin, that's, that's, that's who I'm working with. Colin. I like Colin better. Colin. <laughs> Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me in that right early. We are living in a Mordecai Esther moment. As it was with Esther and Mordecai, we're in a war for the survival of our nation right now. Evil is not behind us. Evil is now in our face. It's not a war between Republicans and Democrats or Biden and Trump. It's a war between the spirit of Antichrist and Christ. That's what we're facing right now. And I quoted Jeremiah 4, 7. The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land, America, desolate, and thy city shall be laid waste like we saw in 2020 and without an inhabitant. The spring of 2020, we were preaching in the parking lot during the COVID thing, that demonically inspired thing full of fear. I never cowered to it. I never quit flying. I never stayed in my house. I never stopped ministering. I never shut down Celebrate Recovery. I just kept doing what God called me to do. And we had favor with our sheriff to do it. And in that back parking lot, 
I preached on the judgments of God, three stages of judgment, very quickly. The prophet warns, God's people don't repent, then it's the breaking of the staff to bread or the failing of an economy. If that doesn't get the attention of God's people, then he turned us over to our enemies. And I said during that message, Brother Ron, if Biden and Harris are elected, God has turned us over to our enemies. I don't care about the fraud. That's beside the point now. We were turned over to our enemies in 2020. But we're not taken over by enemies. That's the difference. The turning over is the wake-up call. And we don't have to be taken over. I'm living for my generations now. I'm living for my sons and my daughters, my grandsons, my granddaughters, my great-grandsons, and my great-granddaughters. I'm living for those generations, and I'm a freedom fighter, and I made a decision I'm going to fight for their freedoms in the days to come in Jesus' name. If we fight, we win. If we don't fight, we lose. And I'm going to talk to you about fighting in just a moment. I'm not talking about shooting people. Well, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just joking, Brother Ron. Tonight's January 3rd, 2024. We can no longer just watch and pray. Just to watch and pray is strictly defense. It's time to watch and pray and to engage now. Evil is in our culture. Evil is in our face, and only we can change it. Donald Trump cannot change it. And the Calvary's not coming. We are the Calvary. I said we are the Calvary. And we must go on the offensive now. I got one big battle left in me, and I'm going back to the streets with it. Mean at 84, you're going to the streets? Yes, I'm going to the streets. And I'll explain that later. 1973, I was sitting in a seminary. I was a senior at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and the professor said, how many of you pastors or preachers are in favor of Roe v. Wade? We were about 60 in there, and about 40 or 50 raised their hands in favor of the language of Roe v. Wade. I sat there in a state of shock. And Mary, remember, I got home, and I told you what I just experienced. I said, I cannot believe what I just saw and heard. But what the devil meant for evil, God turns it for good at some point. And, and I, I started a United Prayer Movement. My little, well, no, we were spirit-filled there in 74. We started a prayer movement for the life of the unborn. That was our focus, the life of the unborn. We'd meet every Saturday. We'd fast. We'd pray. We'd, we'd, we'd bind the de demons and et cetera. Then eventually, what you pray about, God will put legs on your prayers. He first gets your attention through prayer and the seriousness of the hour. Then he puts legs on your prayer. A year later, I was in the streets with one other brother in front of Causeway Mill preaching in the windows of the abortion mills. We stayed in the Brother Dick. You were started Uniting for Life out of that movement. Brother Dick became the director of Uniting for Life. And now Bill, Brother Anthony Marquis succeeded you. Then Bill Shanks succeeded you. 
and we stayed in the streets from 1974 until Roe v. Wade just went down, and we shut down nine out of the 10 abortion mills before Roe v. Wade ever came around. But we put legs on our prayer. It's not enough to watch and pray. We've got to put legs on it and engage what's trying to destroy our homes and destroy, now they're after our children. But if we fight, we win. I said, if we fight, we win. And the fighter must stand. I'm not quitting. Mary, we're not quitting. We're going to finish strong. Brother Dick, you and Susie are going to finish strong. The best is yet in us. Give me the next slide. That's the challenge I brought. Now I'm bringing hope. Five words of hope to fuel your united prayer movement here. The first one is he who has the high ground wins the war. Remember that principle of war. July 1 through 3rd, 1863. You know where I'm talking about. The Battle of Gettysburg. A general... A young gentleman ran ahead of the Union Army and got Cemetery Ridge and called back to General Buford, I got the good ground. I got the high ground. The Union Army got the high ground and they won the war. I was in an airport on June 24th, 2022, flying to Faribault, Minnesota at 10.05 a.m., Report came to me in the airport that Roe v. Wade went down. I wept all over the airport. It was probably the second greatest day of my life. The day I got born again, and that day was the second greatest day of my life. And Holy Spirit said, you now have the high ground. So I want to tell you today, tonight, that we have the high ground now. And if we'll fight, we'll win this war that we're fighting for in right now. We have the high ground. Second word of hope is that in 2023, at the beginning of 2023, I saw portals coming over churches that are united in prayer and crying out for God to come in awesome power and irresistible holiness. And in these portals, as they came over these local churches, I saw angels ascending and descending, angelical activity going on as it was in Jacob's ladder. So I decree that over living stones, that a portal is coming over you this year, a portal where his heaven will connect with earth here, will connect with you here, and the glory of God will fill your souls, and he'll start covering this whole region because of the glory that comes. Glory balls will come out of this church in Jesus' name. That's my decree for you. The third word of hope. You didn't get these five words, did you? Okay, never mind. I'm giving them to you now. The third word of hope, Holy Spirit is raising up regional apostolic hubs. I want to say that again. Holy Spirit is raising up 
regional apostolic hubs. Living Stone is a regional apostolic hub. What does that mean? That means you're going to change your city. That means you're going to change your region. That means you're going to start affecting a change in your nation. It'll first start grassroots, and then the change, the supernatural change, will go up because of apostolic men and women, and you can have as much of the apostolic as you want because that apostolic mantle is over this church, and it's yours to take in Jesus' name. And there's authority in that mantle if you want it. The fourth word of hope, supernatural interventions will begin to happen to stop the agenda of the spirit of Antichrist. Southern border, the southern border is not a failed policy. It's a planned policy. It's a policy of Antichrist. And they know what they're doing. They knew they let sleeper cells in. They knew they let the terror. They're doing everything to destroy America right now. Whether these men are aware of it or not, I think they may be. But anyway, I'm not going to hammer on that one. But we are now in a Marta Esther movement. Not only a moment, I have joined the movement under Lou Ingalls. April the 3rd, 2024, we're going to every state capital in every state. My daughter-in-law is leading the one in Louisiana to begin the prayer movement to change America in the streets. Then one million Esthers are going to the D.C. Mall October the 12th, 2024. My wife's an Esther. She's going. Mordecai is going. We're going to the streets in D.C. Oh, there's going to be terrible people there. God's greater than the terrible. Can you say amen? But that's my calling. I'm not saying that's Brother Ron's calling or any of your calling, but I'm called to the streets in that movement. There's going to be other movements to stop the agenda of Antichrist. If we fight, we win. The fifth word of hope, now you can put up that slide. The fifth word of hope is the message. Uh, Colin? Did I say it right? Colin? Yeah. We have moved into a kingdom of God era. I said we have moved into a kingdom of God era. We're in a kingdom reset. The globalists say they got a reset. We got a bigger reset than they got. We got a divine reset coming on us now if we will cry out for it. The prophets of old saw it. They saw a king and they saw a kingdom. And I'm turning to Micah chapter 5-1, the scripture that's up there now, the prophets of old foretold the coming of a king and a kingdom. For unto us a child is born, the government shall be on his shoulders. And I put the phrase, the kingdom of God and the increase of his governed peace, there shall be no end. We are here to advance the kingdom of God. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm up here. I'm advancing the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Micah saw it. Micah saw the kingdom, but you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth to me, the one to be ruler, king in Israel, who is going forth is from old and from everlasting. 
The old prophets saw an earthly Messiah. They didn't see an eternal Messiah. They saw an earthly Messiah to restore the golden age of King David and King Solomon. But in spite of them not seeing it, they were seeing, they predicted an eternal kingdom. The message of the Bible, the next slide, the message of the Bible is not the cross. The message of the New Testament is not the cross. The cross is the way into the kingdom. The message of the New, Te New Testament is the kingdom of God has arrived. Yeah. And it's that message tonight, the kingdom of God is here now. It has arrived. Matthew chapter 2, 1, John announced it. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, that's synonymous. The kingdom of God is at hand or the kingdom of God has arrived. So I got good news. The kingdom of God has arrived and he's here and he's ready for us to advance it in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Jesus declared. Jesus declared it. From that time, Jesus following his testing in the wilderness began to preach to say, repent for the kingdom of God has arrived. Thank God the kingdom of God is here in Jesus' name. That night, the angels proclaimed it. They proclaimed a portal came down from heaven with angelical activities going on, the same kind of portal that's going to be coming over you in the days to come if you'll keep praying and keep fasting and stand as you fast and you pray. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the angels in the field of the night. Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy for you. Is born this day in the town of David, a Savior, the Messiah. God's promised king is here. He has arrived. By revelation, Peter saw him. He saw the Messiah. He saw the Christ. He saw the anointed king. He saw the kingdom of God had arrived and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Now turn to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am the Son of Man am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias. Others say you're Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. But to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter Peter answered him by revelation and said, You are the Christ. You are the promised Messiah. You are the anointed one sent by God to reestablish his rule on earth. In Jesus' name, the kingdom of God has arrived. In Jesus' name, the focus of our Lord's teaching was the kingdom. Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom of God shall be preached to all nations, then the end shall come. How I many know oh, we are the ecclesia? I said we are the ecclesia. They, don't look for another one. Don't look for another Calvary. We are the Calvary. We're the called out ones with governmental authority on us in Jesus' name. And verse 18 through 19 tells you and I that we have the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said, I say to you, Peter, on this rock, this confession, I shall build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I give you the keys of the kingdom of God. 
And whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven in Jesus' name. So you and I tonight in this united prayer movement, we have the keys to decree. We have the keys to bind. We have the keys to release. So tonight in Jesus' name, I forbid the prince of Persia from empowering Hamas tonight. I forbid their powers in Jesus' name. I, we have that authority. And furthermore, Father, you've given your angels to do wars in the heavens, and our decrees empower angels to take down the second heavens. So, Father, tonight we release war angels over Israel that are warring tonight in pulling down the principalities and powers over Hamas in Jesus' name. We decree tonight that through the power of angelical forces that Hamas will be decimated. Decimated. And the sleeper cells, there's probably several hundred of them now in America, thanks to the present administration. And I decree sleeper cells will be decimated. Yes. And furthermore, I decree this tonight. I wrote this down a while back, a warning to the deep state and the progressive liberals of the National Democratic Party. Maybe I shouldn't have said that but I did. I decree when you're, you're done destroying, you will be destroyed. When you're done betraying, you will be, you will be betrayed. Isaiah 33, 1. Certainly, God's not mocked. What a man sows, that he, that's he reap. The left are the enemies of the republic. I said the radical left are the enemies of the republic and they will reap their hatred and their deceit. Well, Rod, I don't know if I like the way you pray. Holy Spirit does. Okay, I'm closing. Three kingdom truths. You're not merely church members. You're citizens of heaven. The second truth, anybody got a Bible? Anybody use a Bible anymore? Hand me your Bible. I got mine tied up. Well, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm not going to keep that. That's the Passion Translation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can, I can tell by the cover. No, I don't mind. The Bible is your constitution. It contains your rights, your privileges, and your promises. But you have to see it. You have to seize it. You have to seize it. Then you has it. That's Cajun. The Bible is your constitution. It contains your commands. And they're yours and mine to obey whatever the command says. You are the light of the world. So let your light shine. You are the salt of the earth. So therefore, engage the evil that's in your culture. So obey just those two. If you obey just that, you'll be doing well. I, I don't want to keep your Bible. You, you okay? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. 
Mary, you okay? Third truth, we're under orders to pray in the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, our Father, anybody, anybody come out of a, a Catholic or Lutheran or whatever, you know the Lord's Prayer. Anybody here knows the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Sanctify your great name. Let's bring it home now. Sanctify your great name in my life, my family's life, in my wife's life. Sanctify your great name in my church's life. Sanctify your great name in my city's life, in my region's life, in my nation's life. Sanctify your great name. And we polluted your name too long. Now, God, it's your time to sanctify your great name. Grant me a pure heart that I may honor you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. That's the way to pray that prayer. And thy kingdom come. How does it go? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. What's happening in heaven? There's wholeness in heaven. There's healing in heaven. There's life in heaven. There's joy in heaven. There's peace in heaven. There's total victory in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my home, in my children. Joy and peace and life. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my church. In Jesus' name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my body. That health and healing. There's no sickness, no disease in heaven. Now, I want what's up in heaven to come down in me. I'm praying that down in me now. I got a neck that's getting old, wants to hurt. I command the kingdom of God to come down into this neck and remove all the pain in Jesus' name. You got pain somewhere? Tap that pain and tell, tell your pain the kingdom of God's coming on the inside of you. Come on, somebody, give God a shout. Give me a high great thought. I'm closing. I'm, I'm cutting out some, but I, I think I've. A king is not voted into power. His birthright is his power. The king owns it all. He owns everything. He owns you and I, lock, stock, and barrel, talking about a gun. He owns all of us. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You're not your own. You've been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit. God owns you. He owns me. He owns every part of us. We're his. Do what you want with us. Father, we worship you tonight.
Just a little bit with the song, just a little bit. She just mentioned the cross. The message of the New Testament, come down just a little bit more with the sound. The message of the New Testament is not the cross. It's the kingdom of God has arrived. The cross is the way into the kingdom. He that knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He was made sin with our sinfulness, that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. I heard Billy Graham make this statement. The cross was the most sinful place in all the world because he's the perpetuation. He's the blood sacrifice not only for our sin, but the sin of the whole world. So, Father, we honor the blood of Jesus tonight, the blood cleansing us from all filthiness of flesh and the spirit of this age. We honor the crucifixion tonight. We declare ourselves co-crucified with Christ. The lust of our eye, the lust of our flesh, and the pride of life co-crucified. We reckon ourselves co-resurrected tonight, alive unto God through Jesus Christ, alive unto your presence, alive unto your purity, alive unto your power. We reckon it so. We reckon ourselves co-healed tonight, co-healed with Christ, co-crucified, co-resurrected, co-healed. Surely he bore your sicknesses and he took away your pain. Surely he did that. We received that tonight. If you're here tonight and you're struggling, you're struggling at the oars. You're struggling with maybe some personal sin or some kind of wounding that's in your heart or some anger, whatever. If you're struggling tonight, the power of the cross is at the altar. The altar is the place of cleansing tonight, the place of healing tonight. So if you're here tonight and you're struggling at the oars, I want you to come up here very quickly. Just want you to come up here very quickly. We're going to worship him up here. If you're struggling tonight, just want you to come. In Jesus' name. 